With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, folks, and thank you for downloading episode 138 of the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. Follow me on Twitter at GolfUnfiltered. Send me an email, GolfUnfiltered at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Snapchat. So we continue our discussion about golf ball distances this week with our special guest, Jason Finley from Callaway Golf. He is the Global Director of Brand Management at Callaway uh, for golf balls specifically. And so uh, Jason and I have a great discussion about many things related to golf balls and golf equipment. We talk about a lot of things on Twitter back and forth as well throughout uh, our time that we've known each other on that social media platform. Uh, we also touch on a little bit about the special event that he took part in uh, and actually hosted, uh, Callaway Golf hosted, I should say, uh, last week for our friends over at the Hackers Paradise. So shout out to you guys if you're listening on the THP Media uh, app. So Jason and I, uh, we, we connected on Twitter, as I mentioned in the past, uh, we talk about a lot of things. Are golf balls flying too far? Are golf balls too expensive? Why am I fluctuating my voice up and down like this? Well, actually, we don't talk about that, but we have a great discussion uh, that I think you'll learn a lot of, uh, about golf equipment in general, specifically how Callaway does uh, their golf ball research. A little bit, I should say. Uh, they don't want to give away too many trade secrets, of course. Um, and I do go into a disclaimer in the top of our discussion, but I also want to just remind folks that Jason and I had just a general discussion about golf equipment. He and I are both fans of the game. We both play it, obviously. And so any views that he uh, shares on this show uh, are not a reflection of those of, of the uh, company he works for. So I just want to get that disclaimer out, and I mention it again in our discussion. So without any further ado, sit back, relax. Grab a cold one. I don't know. Is it uh, time for eggnog? Who knows when you're listening to this. But here's Jason Finley from Callaway Golf. Enjoy. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, we are excited to welcome Mr. Jason Finley from Callaway Golf onto the show today to continue our discussion about golf ball distances and pretty much golf uh, equipment in general. So, uh, Jason, thanks so much for joining. And I understand that you're, uh, you're getting over that little holiday cold that, uh, you've been fighting as of late. Well, thanks for having me. And yeah, I'm, uh, I'm making my way back into to feeling normal again. So all good here. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm glad we uh, had the chance to do this. And I understand also that last week you had the chance to, uh, hang out with our friends over at the Hackers Paradise at the Granddaddy, which is an annual event. That is uh, co-hosted by Callaway Golf and the Hackers Paradise. Do I have that right? Um, I think it's fair to say it's hosted by Callaway. We do it in partnership with the Hackers Paradise. Perfect. And you guys had a great time. It looked like you guys had a great time, I should <laughs> say. Uh, it was f a lot of fun following you guys on the forum out there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great time. It's a great event. And uh, it was the fifth year we had, we had done it. And uh, it, you know, every year it's, it's a highlight for, for us to be a part of. But 
you know, really it's, it's for the, the, the members of THP and something that we do every year to, to really try and have it be, you know, one of the coolest experiences that, that anybody that, that loves and is super engaged in golf can be a part of. Yeah, it looked fantastic. And uh, listeners to this show uh, can relate with the followers of the Hacker's Paradise in that we are a bunch of equipment junkies. We like talking about golf equipment. We like talking about the hot topics within golf equipment, which brings me, Jason, to why we're talking to you today, somebody who certainly is well-versed in that industry. And uh, before we get into our discussion, folks, I did just want to remind everyone that Jason and I are just going to have a general discussion today about golf ball distances and equipment in general. His views are not those of Callaway Golf, and he's a great follow on Twitter. You can follow him at Jason Finley CG. And Jason, really the whole you know way to start this conversation about golf ball distance is whether or not you believe that there's a current problem with, with the how far golf balls are traveling these days. Well, I'll, I'll, this is usually the way I, I simplify it. The next person that tells me that they hit the ball too far or they're quitting the game because they hit it too far or they think it's too easy will be the first. <laughs> yeah, I don't and blame you. Yeah. I've been in and around golf for the better part of 25 years, working in it for 23 years, and never once have I heard that. So. Um, as a general rule, I would say that that's pretty consistent with, with where I am. Mm -hmm. Um, but understand why some would, I, I actually, I don't understand why some would say that, but, um, you know, for the people that buy golf balls every single day, I, I think that everybody wants to hit it as far as they can, regardless if that's a club or a ball. Now, you and I agree on that. Uh, we, we both agree uh, on the amateur side of the game. You had mentioned the folks that go and, and buy golf balls every day. I, I certainly want to continue hitting the ball as far as I hit it, and I don't hit it that far. So taking any distance yeah. away from me is not going to help me out in the least. But yeah. I, uh, as you know, and I'm sure you can appreciate, uh, we've got the two worlds in golf. We've got the pros, and then we've got the Joes. And when it comes to the professionals who are taking a stand, such as you know, Tiger Woods, the most recent and obviously the most well-known. Uh, Jack Nicklaus has been saying things for decades. We've talked about these uh, particular examples in a past episode on this show. Uh, does the case still hold true, or does your argument still hold true for the professional side of the game? I think so. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at data um, from, you know, over the years, do people hit it farther today than they did 40 years ago? Sure. Um, does the ball play a role in that? Absolutely. Does clubs? Yes. Does, does fitness for sure. Does the way the game is played? Yes. Um, does golf course conditions? Yes. Right. So there's, there's a variety of reasons as to why that's happening. Um, but, but I do think it's important to, if you think through when those people that are saying things about the ball going too far, um, think about when they're saying them a little bit too. I, I don't, I mean, I was young at the time, but I don't ever remember Jack saying the ball going too far when he was dominating and hitting it further than anybody else. <laughs> um, I don't ever remember Tiger saying it when he was dominating and hitting it farther than anybody else. Um, and the reality of the situation is that for most, for the most part, whatever, if anything does happen, those that hit it farther today are going to hit it farther tomorrow. So that won't change. Um, so I don't really know what you're going to accomplish as a result of that. 
you know, you, you have people talking about protecting the, the old courses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we had one of the highest U.S. Open scores we've had in many years when they went and played at Little Old Marion that everyone's trying to protect, um, you know, versus a really, really long golf course that they played this year in Aaron Hills for the U.S. Open. So mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't really understand what people are trying to protect against. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, as a, as a viewer, right. And someone that, that you talked about in the opening of who listens to your podcast or who's on the hackers paradise or who's ever engaged in whatever, you know, golf equipment talk that they want. Everybody enjoys that from an entertainment perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, baseball is the same way, you know, other sports you can look at it are the same way, right? Nobody watches baseball to watch bunt singles either. It's a fair point, and it's also a point that was brought up by uh, Michael Breed, uh, who was on a couple uh, episodes ago talking about this same discussion. And, you know, Jason, you bring up good points, and certainly I'm a fan of the distances that these folks are hitting balls. You know, when I watch them on TV, you know, I I, I do feel a little like we want to protect some of the more uh, nostalgic and, and historic courses, Marion, of course, being one of them, Augusta National being another. And on the point of Augusta, you know, that course, as long as others are buying up more real estate and they're expanding their courses and doing it for many reasons, to be fair. I know that Augusta is expanding because they want to add more practice room and and, uh, make a few adjustments to their driving range, for example. But some courses are lengthening to accommodate these players that are super athletes and much more athletic than even in Jack's heyday. Uh, is there an issue there just from a real estate perspective in your opinion? Um, I, I guess it depends on the reason why they're doing it. Right. So, um, and if they have the money to, if Augusta has the money to do that and they certainly do. Um, and you're right, they're doing it for a multitude of reasons too. entertainment and people going to their tournament is, is a big part of that. Um, but it's an issue. So is water and, you know, everything else. I, I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm engaged in this you know game and I've made it my life's passion, but um, at the same time, I, I don't, I don't know that it's, it's absolutely the answer. And, you know, just like anything in life, things evolve, right? We all used to drive black cars that went a certain speed too mm-hmm. from one company, but that's not the way it is anymore. So I, I think it's just, you know, we all need to, accept change and, and things happen um, with technology. It's a fair point. And, and, you know, as I said before, the only constant thing in life is change. And, you know, as somebody who embraces technology, as somebody who has definitely benefited from golf technology, I, I, I do understand how hypocritical I can sound when I go on Twitter and I and I say, you know, yeah, these guys are hitting the ball too darn far. And, and you know, here I am hitting it further than I've ever hit it in my life. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, where, where do you, where do you draw the line? But, you know, it, it does get to the point of, you know, the pro game, these guys are playing in a different world, in my opinion. And, you know, you guys at Callaway, you support a lot of, uh, you know, great players, obviously. And we can certainly think of many of those names and other brands uh, support others. These guys are playing a different game than the amateurs. Now, does it make any sense in your mind, just for the, for the professionals, to standardize equipment, maybe not just the golf ball, but equipment to a degree where everyone's kind of on a level playing field in any respect? Um, I, I don't think so, because at the end of the day, you're, 
you know, you're they're they're as talented as they're going to be, whether they put the work into it or they, um, you know, they choose to go with a certain manufacturer because of the performance. I mean, those are all choices that they all make every single day, right? They have the same choices that we all do with what they put in the bag. And yes, in some cases, there's compensation tied to that. But those guys play for enough money that if any of them are taking a few dollars more from a certain company to do that, then that's probably not the most logical thing to do either. Um, so I think it's it's important that the, the best players are always going to be the best players, and they're always going to be better than those of us that are doing work and playing golf for fun on the weekend, right? I mean, I've been lucky enough to see it firsthand with a, a good friend that I grew up with that plays on the PGA Tour. He always has been, and he always will be better than me. I have no, even when I was at my absolute best I will ever be, he was still significantly better than me. So why would you limit what he has because he's more talented? With the pros that you've spoken to, including uh, the friend that you mentioned, is this even a big deal to them? I mean, uh, do they actually care, the pros, uh, about how far the ball is traveling? Not in general from the ones I've talked to, no. I've gotten that impression as well, and I've only reached out to a couple of them, and they've kind of told me the same. And so, you know, it begs the question, back to a point that you brought up earlier about when specific pros, and we won't name them, even though we just named them earlier, uh, <laughs> when they when they start talking about these these particular things, like like rolling back the golf ball. And, you know, let's just call it what it is. You know, Tiger mentioned the same thing. He's obviously playing for a different brand, and it would be – it wouldn't be a huge leap to suggest that that particular brand would love to be the standard official golf ball of the PGA tour. Do you, do you see that occurring even with any piece of equipment at any point in golf's history? Or, or do we like as fans, uh, as, as players of the game, do we like all the parity and variability that we have at our disposal when we walk into a golf shop? Um, I, I think it would be if if that happened, if they were to require everybody to use one specific ball, a lot of things would change in the in the market dynamics, not only of what happens in the marketplace, but what happens to the compensation of all those tour pros. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of pros in the world that are paid to play golf balls. And if they weren't all of a sudden, that would have a tremendous impact on all of them. Very, very true, and I, I see the same thing occurring, quite frankly. You know, it, another thing that came up in regard to, to golf balls in general, Jason, is this discussion that, you know, I've been having a lot with folks. I know you and I have talked about it and others, just about the, the cost of a golf ball. And now we're kind of shifting away from the pros. We're coming back into the amateur side of the game. The, the people like you and me that have to go and, and buy golf balls, you know, we're seeing a lot... Well, for Definitely, I'm not one of those people. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I should say that. And I should probably be honest, too. I mean, I, I don't pay for a lot of golf balls these days, which is great. But I still, if I want a specific ball, I have to go out and, and find it and buy it. Yep. The, the the range of, of uh, performance ability, I guess you could say, or, or how a golf ball performs, the, the gap is narrowing, I, I think you would agree, from the premium-priced golf balls to those that are more moderately priced and affordable for guys like me. Uh, would you say, first and foremost, do you agree with that, that the, the gap is narrowing? And if it's not narrowing, do you still see their uh, very clear-cut segments 
where people would fall within specific buckets of the golf ball they should play? Um, I don't know if narrowing is a, is a fair term. I think it is fair to say that there are more options out there um, from a, a price standpoint. Um, but I think in general, you know, I, I, when it comes down to, you know, I obviously talk about golf balls a lot to people and, um, and I also am fortunate enough to work with, you know, what I view as the best R and D organization in, in the business, mm-hmm. um, and golf ball being a, a big part of that. Um, you know, the amount of, of effort and resource put against it is, is tremendously large. Right. And, think if you if you think about you know it goes back to the old adage of of getting what you pay for in a lot of cases so i think that's that's part of it and that's something that that people should think about um but i i do think that there is some level um across the board of yes there are some value plays out there and that's for a very specific reason and you know we went through this with with drivers too a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, there was a lot, and I was working on driver at the time. So I, I saw it firsthand, you know, there was a lot of, let's call it last year's models in the marketplace um, that were at a pretty good value as compared to what the, the new ones were. Mm-hmm. And I'd say we as an industry, and I say that we as very collectively um, didn't do a very good job of, of managing that. And, um, you know, what ended up happening was, well, someone say, well, why wouldn't I pay, you know, $200 for last year's driver when, you know, this year's is 400. Is it really twice as good? Maybe not. Um, but I will tell you that it, I can only speak for, for here at Callaway where I've been for 20 plus years, right? We won't come out with a product unless it's better. Mm. So if you're, if you're going to be investing the money into a new product, you're going to get a better product. That, that, that's a guarantee when you're buying a Callaway golf product. So that counts for golf ball, woods, wedges, whatever. There is some element of that. There also is a little bit of, you know, different golf balls are different prices within our range because of the technology that's in them and because of the cost to manufacture them and all those things, right? We don't, we don't charge twice as much for a Chrome Soft, for example, as we do a Super Soft because we can. We charge more because it costs more to make, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot more that goes into that, and that's everything from the development work that goes into it for years before it sees the light of day on the shelf in any retailer, Um all the way through what it physically costs us to make from a material and process and number of layers and, and all that. So I play your equipment. I play your driver. I've played your irons before. I play your golf balls. When you actually go out and speak to consumers, what are the top one, two, maybe three things that they're looking for, three qualities that they're looking for in a new golf ball? So, you know, similar to the conversation we had earlier, right, that there's there's a lot of things in golf ball that are always there, right? Distance, spin and control around the greens, um, consistency, you know, price is, is there. Um, you know, things like durability every once in a while come up. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we used to do a lot of surveys back in the day on the influence of tour, and nobody would tell you that it was important, yet – 
when you actually get down and, and talk to people, it, you realize it is right. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, for us, it's best about it's, we best try and, and segment working on a, a new product. We try and, you know, look, we, we look at what's happening in the market. That's part of it. But there's also a, an element of for each product we have, we have a pretty designated consumer set. So we try and understand a lot about what's really driving that consumer and what's important to them. So if we come with a, let's pick two very staple golf balls in our line, the super soft golf ball, we'll start there. Okay. Right. That, that golfer is, is a lot about distance. They're a lot about feel and, uh, you know, spin and control is not the most important thing to them. And it's, you know, it's about getting a good value, having a reputable brand, and not feeling like an idiot if they're playing that golf ball. <laughs> In a lot of cases, right? Right. Um, and then when you get to Chrome Soft, you have, you know, distance is still very important, but spinning control around the green is much more important. Feel is is still up there. Um, and And price is, you know, certainly in the mix, but if someone's going to, you know, is serious about the game and is going to spend that much on their game, they're going to play in many cases what they view as the best product for their game. Um, you know, the, certainly there is a lot of dynamics happening in the marketplace right now with, with price and value and, you know, finding that right threshold. Um, and, you know, we're working through that as much as, as anybody else is, but, you know, it goes back to me of, of making sure you have the most superior product um, that you're going to get. And if you can put that at a value to the golfer, great. Um, are you going to sometimes be outside of that window of how much someone will pay? For sure, right? And mm-hmm. you did the survey yourself on Twitter. You did it on the Hacker's Paradise, um, you know, of, of what people will really pay. And you know, there's there's some combination of people finding the value where they can for the ball that they like, um, but also I think you know it's our job as a golf ball manufacturer to get people to see the value that you may be offering. If even if you know calling something that's forty dollars a value, um, would some people would call you crazy for right. saying that, right? Right. Um, but I, I think at, at our Chrome Soft that spent the better part of its life at $40 a dozen um, provided a, a tremendous value because it was the best performing ball on the market, in my opinion, right? Um, and it was at a value to what you could get many others at. And people were willing to pay for that because they saw the benefit to their game. You know, it, the, I think the saddest thing among consumers that I, that I witness among consumers, and I'm talking about my friends, so if you guys are listening, I'm talking about you guys, uh, is the fact that you know, a lot of amateur players don't go out and play or find and do the due diligence to find the ball that works best for them, you know, and, and, you, and you said a couple times that, you know, if you are going to play what's best for you and if that falls into the premium bucket, then you're going to buy it because it's best for you. But how does Callaway make it easier for the consumer to kind of figure out which ball fits their game the best, regardless of price point? Yeah, golf ball fitting is is a really hard one to be honest, you know, with you because it's it's not it's not something that is just as simple as as it is with a driver in many cases where you go in and bang it on a launch monitor and it spits out a number and tells you how far it's going to go, right? Right. Um, 
because I think as, as great as the fitting process is, even for, for drivers, right, what, what golfers oftentimes get hung up on is, oh, well, I hit my one longest shot with driver X, okay? Um, well, that's not really what's going to help you become a better golfer, right? The, the, what's going to help you become a better golfer is the driver you're going to hit the longest the most often, right? I mean, you and I had a fun little back and forth on Twitter and your point of, well, people aren't really getting better as a result of, of playing ball X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true for, for any golf product, right? I mean, unfortunately, the average handicap isn't really getting any better. But you have, you know, I think the other thing that, that people get a little sideways from in, in golf balls probably more so than other products is moving around a little bit, right? There's, there's dramatic differences between golf balls, and if you don't play the same one consistently, you're just adding more inconsistency to your game. So even within our line, right, I mean, we have two different versions that we sell of the Chrome Soft, And they're very different from one another. And if you play golf, you know, you just move back and forth, you're going to hit different shots with them. I mean, I'm lucky enough to know exactly what those differences are and have done enough both myself and seen enough data to say what that difference is. But I know that if I hit a pitching wedge, say, 130 yards with my Chrome Soft and I walked up and hit it today with a Chrome Soft X, I'm not going to hit it 130 yards. So if I have 130 yards into the hole the next time and I don't think about what golf ball I'm playing, then I'm going to go think, oh, I'm ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not. And, and every golf ball is different. And going back to where I was starting there on the fitting, right, golf balls are different in the aerodynamic patterns that they have. So just because the launch conditions could be the same on two golf balls, they're going to fly tremendously different through the air. And that's going to be different at different speeds. That's going to be different at different launch conditions, all that. So there's a tremendous amount that goes into really just going out and playing with, with different golf balls to, to find the right one for you. I don't know if you can answer this question, but I'm going to answer it. Any, I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Uh, when you, Callaway designs golf balls, do they design from the club to the ball or do they start with the ball and design backwards? Does that question make sense? Um, kind of, I, we design golf balls independently of designing our club. So okay. we design, we don't design the Chrome soft golf ball to only work with the Epic driver, but, um, we do design our golf balls with a pretty good sense of what's happening with clubs on the marketplace. Right. Um, and we, we also know that, you know, where people have the most advantage to go through the full bag fitting. Um, you know, if you can find a golf ball that you like the characteristics of, and I would say generally, you know, around the green is where you need to focus that Mm -hmm. we can design. I mean, if you, if you go through the full process, right. If you tell me I want a super spinny golf ball because I miss a lot of greens and no matter what, I want the most spin I could possibly have around the green, and we're going to build a set of clubs to do that, then you may play a different set of golf clubs than you would if you didn't have that golf ball, right? Mm, right. So, I, I mean, I, I think that there are trends that are happening in 
golf clubs that that can influence what we do with a golf ball but in general they're they're independent units from one another very very interesting stuff and folks we are talking to jason finley from callaway golf and jason i'm going to get you out of here on on a question that i got on twitter and I, I have no idea what this person's talking about i don't know if you saw it before we got started but it seems to be a little inside jokey and so i'm going to ask it and if you want me to cut it i will be more than happy to cut it out of the episode but it doesn't seem too harsh it says okay. uh it's from uh, uh, David, who asks, is it true that he, meaning you, is the nicest villain in history? <laughs> uh, it is a little, uh, I would call that inside baseball, but okay. let's call it inside golf. Um, it, it stems from the Hacker's Paradise, actually. Oh, okay. um, so I have become known, uh, or a story has been built, I guess, if you will, about me being uh, what they would call a supervillain on THP. A lot of that comes from a lot of the events we've done with them. Um, I I tend to be not afraid to throw some jabs and barbs around and (laughs) fuck a little trash, if you will. Nice. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, I'll do anything for those guys and and try and be the nicest guy um, possibly to, to make sure that everybody is having a great time and a great event and, you know, and everything we do with them, you know, granddaddy's a perfect example of that, right? Where, Mm -hmm. um, I, I had a little fun with putting a uh, pretty large beating, I would say on the gentleman I played in singles, um, that I won't specifically call out, but you know, we did an event previously in the year with hackers paradise. And I would say I had far from my a game and, uh, he took to the forum to, um, let's say have a little fun at my expense on in that regard. And, uh, so I gave a little bit back, I would say, and and I did it on the golf course to him as well. And hopefully he's enjoying that eight and six beating he took last week. Um, you can see a little bit of the supervillain part of it, but I hoped he had a great time while he was doing it. (laughs) I'm sure he had a smile the entire time. So we have a good time with it. And, you know, I'm a competitive guy. I always have been, and I, and I love mixing it up and, you know, even even this stuff, you know, just talking about, I mean, like I said to you, you know, when we before we got on the phone, right, I I spend my many airplane rides across the country listening to podcasts about golf equipment, whether it's, you know, a competitor of ours or you reading your book or anything like that, <laughs> because it's what I'm passionate about and what I enjoy. And uh, being a part of these events with, you know, whether it's the Hackers Paradise or any of the other groups or forums or media outlets or customers that we are. Um, I love that stuff. So I think it's it's some combination of the competitiveness yet um, being passionate and making sure that, that golfers everywhere kind of get the information that they need and, you know, talking as much about the game as we can. Folks, follow Jason Finley on Twitter, at Jason Finley CG. Jason, I'm, I'm really glad that we've been able to connect on social. Uh, it's good that Twitter can be used for a good thing these days and not everything else that's going on in the world. So uh, I'm glad that... Uh, sure, and I'm sure we'll have you know other debates as we go. And now you get a little sense more into my personality, maybe with the supervillain comment, yeah. um, as, as to some of my, some would call them, snarky responses. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, my, uh, my new friend. And hopefully we can do it again in the future. All right, anytime. Thanks All right. for having me. You have a, you have a good night. All right, you too. Bye bye. <laughs>